Welcome back to the Power of the Mind podcast, where we give you simple tools to improve your relationship with yourself and others. Today, we go off on a little bit of a tangent, and we talk about Munchausen and Munchausen by proxy. Those are um, really interesting and, and sort of dark psychological diagnoses where people make themselves sick for attention or where they make a kid sick for attention. You won't want to miss this one. It's, it's something else. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cast 11 Podcast Network. I'm Alicia, and I'm here with Greg Struve. How Hello. Are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm excellent. Nice, nice, nice. We are, um, as always, Power of the Mind, presented by Granite Mountain Behavioral Health. Hooray. Healthcare. Healthcare. I always yes. forget the care in there. So That's okay, because oh, we don't. You don't. Do you see what I did there? That was catchy. It threw you a softball. That was just... Knock it right out of the park. I, on the last episode, we talked about um, hypochondriacs. Yes. And then and, we and OCD. kind of... Yeah, and OCD. So yeah. what was one that you were saying after our break that you wanted to touch on something else? Or was there anything you wanted to add to that? or with the... Oh, well, you know, if you're looking at, into obsessive compulsive disorder, it's really interesting to do some research. You can just get on Google and look up exposure response prevention and cognitive behavioral interventions for obsessive compulsive disorder. And there's some, you know, for, for lower grade cases, there's some really good material that you can find kind of on your own and, and try to apply depending on the circumstances you can. Or how extreme maybe. Yeah, the, yeah, the case exactly. Is. For less extreme situations, it can be very, very helpful. Well, we do have an extreme situation that we're going to jump into. We talked yeah. to, we kind of hinted at it the last episode. So Munchausen syndrome. Ah, uh, yes. So it's, um, I absolutely believe in this. I've, you know, a lot of times I'm like, ah, I don't know, but this one, this is, I've seen it. I've seen people do it. Um, I mean, there's cases of it. So would you tell us a little bit? Oh about man. It? So Munchausen syndrome, um, is when somebody decides that they need the attention of being sick and they go about making themselves sick and making themselves ill. So did they do that just by like, oh, I'm so sick today or I don't feel well, or does it sure. get worse oh, than that? Oh yeah. Well, you can fake it kind of in those ways. Like we all had a little bit, I, I had a lot of Munchausen about seventh and eighth grade. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was pretty right before excited. a test. Yeah, before a test, I, any day really, I, I figured out that hanging out with my Nintendo all day long was more entertaining than going mm -hmm. to school. Um, so I developed my own uh, various, and then Ferris Bueller's Day Off, I remember that yep. movie and he had a whole little segment in there about how to fake being ill. So I thought that was great fun. But you can take it, you know, beyond that as well and, and find various um, home anti-remedies, I guess. Not really a home remedy. It's more of a home unremedy that you can use to make yourself sick one way or another and go through that whole process. And that's that there are people who do that. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty serious. So you're talking like, I mean, literally making yourself sick. Oh, so sure. some sort of not poison or anything or, or there's various household oh, objects and, and things you could do to do that. We won't get into the details, of course. Yeah, we don't want to get I'm sure there are like websites a, that do that, yeah. but <laughs> we probably will, will neglect that. But often, often, um, you, you're, you're seeing similar pathology to what's called borderline personality disorder, where the, the benefit of garnering attention exceeds the cost of harming yourself or inconveniencing or angering the people in your environment. Mm -hmm. So the need for attention is often pretty strong. Most often you're going to talk about somebody who comes from a blend of abuse and neglect with a, a really extra helping of neglect a lot of being left alone 
and feeling an absence of, um, I can remember several, actually several clients I've worked with who've had not this particular diagnosis, but who've been in situations where when they were a kid, I remember one client in particular, she said, you know, my mom was really pretty awful. And she was telling the truth. Her mom was pretty awful unless I got sick. And if I got sick, my mom was a mom. Mom did all the stuff moms do. She was kind and thoughtful and attended to me and took care of me. And so I was sick a lot. And yeah. that would be a sort of a less advanced variety mm -hmm. of this experience. Survival mode, right? Sure. She found a way to oh, survive man. and... And to get what she needs and mm -hmm. get what she wanted. Uh, she just really wanted to be attended to by her mother and, and really loved some of those experiences that happened for her when she was sick. And that was the mother she really preferred to remember as well. We were actually, if I recall, doing some grief work. Her mother had passed um, actually a couple of years earlier. And in the context of her grief work, she was just working through some of that material. Now, if a person brings that into adulthood, often what happens is they don't have a lot of success in other areas of their life. They don't have um, a place to stake a sense of identity and value and worth. And it's one way of avoiding uh, at a professor in college, and, and he would talk about some symptoms are like a side tent to the main show of life. So in the circus, you had the main show, you had the main mm -hmm. tent where the big show happened, and then there were all these little side tents where smaller shows happened. And you know, he talked about the idea that we would allow certain behaviors to take us away from the responsibilities of life, of earning a living, and of being in communion and community. Uh, with others and being a part of something greater than ourselves. You know, those are all sort of the life tasks that we're all faced with. How do I, how do I contend with being in a partnership? How do I contend with being in a community? And how do I contend with just being me and like dealing with all the craziness in my head, the committee we all have in there? Mm -hmm. And some folks, they get to a space where they say, I can't and I won't and I'm not gonna. And this is one of many, many ways that people use to do that. I think I've seen a few times where somebody will get even arrested because they faked having cancer or, oh, wow, you know, yeah. they've, they shave their head and they, you know, collect money because people, you know, they start the GoFundMe. Hmm. That's different than Munchausen syndrome, right? That's more of a, but maybe. Well, you know, I mean. Because it's attention, uh, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I hesitate to Without getting into a specific yeah, situation true. and, and uh, the specifics of it, I'd hesitate to say what's what. Um, you know, Munchausen has more of an attention piece to it as far as its motivation. You can also do stuff that's just aimed at fraud, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't it be fun to just set up a GoFundMe page and make a million bucks or a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or whatever? I'm going to shave my head and see where this takes mm -hmm. me. It's just a different motivation. Right. It's a different idea. That's true. But I wasn't thinking of that because maybe imagine, some people are, oh, go ahead. they just want the attention of I'm sick and people are going to, you know, take That's care really of me. That's really what we're or, talking about yeah. here is a, a pathological um, need for attention, often extending from early childhood. And, and it's a little bit different than maybe just straight up deviance, <laughs> yeah. just, just uh, antisocial yeah. behavior designed to manipulate the world into giving me resources um, or what I want out of it. So this subtle but important distinction there. So is it hereditary if you know if you have maybe a sick mom or a sick dad and this is kind of you see 
You know, I suppose more? it could be. It's hard to yeah. say. Um, I don't know that I've ever read anything that says it's hereditary or, or seen any evidence to that effect. Again, I think it. I think it often depends on the early childhood relationships and finding a sense of purpose. Finding a. Um, I do. I can remember a person I ran into at one point who was legitimately very sick, and following being really sick, had, had really come to. to to grips and to terms with death. And following that experience really had to renegotiate what life was mm. because death never came. So that part is very confusing. And I could imagine that that might lead into some of this material. But I think generally speaking, what you're talking about really is just somebody who um, is setting up a very effective sideshow to avoid the tasks of life one way or another. Wow. Some of the symptoms that I found were dramatic, but inconsistent medical history, mm. um, unclear symptoms that are not controllable. So a lot of it yes, was getting cured is very inconvenient. If you have this right. particular disorder, because once you're cured, then the attention goes away. Um, problems with identity and self-esteem, right? Uh, predictable relapses following improvement of the conditions. So it's like you said, once we are well, mm. then you're done, right? So um, extensive knowledge of hospitals and or medical terminology. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're pretty good at that part. Yeah, because that's you how they- You feel like you're talking to a doctor. I mean, it's their thing. It's their jam. That's crazy. So they will, they know the right jargon oh, to yeah. say to a doctor to get a diagnosis or- Interesting. Interesting. Um, appearance of new or additional symptoms following negative test results. Oh, you're negative for this. Oh, but now I have. Look at this. Something like, else. No. Could take me six months to get into the doctor, but. Yeah, we talked about hypochondria last week, mm -hmm. and there's sort of a, a similar piece to that, except the difference here is that it's intentional, right? There's intention behind it. Um, willingness or eagerness to have medical test operations or other procedures. More sure. comfortable being in the hospital than you might think. Oh, yeah. Oh, again, oh. lots of attention, lots of time. I am somebody. I had. Nobody a, wants to be nobody. That's true, but nobody wants to have, like, let's go to surgery. So. Oh, are you kidding? Surgery. A real good surgery will lay you up for a couple of months. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's true. A, People are going to bring you stuff. They're going to come visit you. All right. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Um, some individuals may put blood in their urine, inject themselves with stuff, rub yeah. dirt, this. Wow. wow. Sure, sure. All right. Well, that's that's a lot. So what is the difference between, because I've heard of people who do things intentionally to make themselves sick, but what about people who do things to make people around uh, them sick, yeah, like yeah. a caregiver? That's Munchausen by proxy. Okay, and so different than this. By yeah. proxy, right. And so um, it's typically, I've not, I've not run into any examples I'm sure there's going to be an example of a father doing it to a child, but the the archetype of it, the most common experience of it is maternal. And what you're talking about is a deeply pathological, really sick version of enmeshing a child. So enmeshment is when I get my needs met, I use my kid to get my needs met. And there's lots of different ways that people enmesh kids. Um, all forms of abuse generally are enmeshment in some respect. Right, so sexual abuse, I'm using the child to meet my sexual needs. 
physical abuse. I'm um, using physical violence to sort of make myself feel better and gain control. Again, it's not about the kid. It's about me taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. um, uh, living vicariously through the kid is another example of enmeshing. Um, there's also a thing, uh, covert sexual abuse, where I will put my child in the place of my spouse or whether my spouse is present or not, right? So if I have a, um, sometimes after a divorce, right, the parent will enmesh the opposite sex child or the same sex child in the case of a same sex divorce and use that child in ways that are not overtly sexual, but um, fill them into that role of the parent, of the surrogate, the, not the parent, probably the partner. You know, uh, share things with them that are not appropriate, um, confide in them, do the stuff that you would do with your spouse, except with your kid. That's all enmeshing abuse. And it has um, a fairly pernicious and also pretty subtle impact on folks. They'll they'll deny themselves at a pretty deep level as adults and, and often find themselves, um, you know, just, just stepping away from any sort of self-care and, and, and find their identity in others and all kinds of, there's lots of other really interesting symptoms of it. It's actually a pretty common thing. Various levels of enmeshment, I think, are, are pretty common in parenting. What you're talking about with Munchausen by proxy is just a really mm, almost sort of evil level, right? You're talking about a level of getting my needs met and treating the child as an object such that their existence and their um, health is not a priority to me. Rather, I'm going to use them to get, you know, the uh, get my needs met. And so parents will poison their kids. And um, ran into a situation where this happened not too long ago, and and um, only had the opportunity to interact with the child, not with the mother. But really uh, challenging and dark and tough to see what it does to the kid too. You know, just a. Um, it's so interesting to see what it looks like to have someone who really should be uh, have a sense of self and have just a very wispy sense of self. It's the best adjective that comes to mind. I don't think it's a great one, <laughs> but it's what comes to mind. Okay. Just just like almost if you blew on them too hard, whew, they just fall right over. Done. There's nothing, there's just nothing there of substance. And again, this is a person who's very early in the recovery process and, and really just getting started on it. But you, you see how uh, subjugated the individual is to the mother. It's really, it's tough to watch. I would imagine it's, yeah. there was the, um, like the famous one, you know, where the mom did this to her daughter and convinced her she was very ill and the daughter ended up, you know, killing the mother. So it was, um, is that gypsy, gypsy, Rose gypsy Rose, I yep. think it was called. I didn't, I, I think I heard a little bit about that. I don't yeah. know too much about it, but it sounds, yeah, it's, yeah. Now, so you answer one of my questions and it definitely is child abuse. So it's <laughs> definitely, I don't even know oh, why that would be a question on a somebody's deep mind. Level, yeah. So I knew somebody who um, had a grandchild. Yeah. And yeah. Oh my gosh. It's awful. Mm -hmm. If watching it happen to somebody else, because uh, it can be, you know, if the parent is effective and smart and does mm -hmm. some research, it can be really hard to prove. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and they're probably just like with the Munchausen, they know all of the terminology to use. They know how to back that up. So do you see this with, is it somebody that's trying to get that, look at me, I'm a martyr, I'm taking care Absolutely. of this child. And Yeah, that's the motivation. That's it. It's just so. a very dark sideshow. 
to the main tent of life, right? That is crazy. Yeah. So, and again, you're going to look at a parent who's generally going to have come out of some pretty deep neglect, mm -hmm. uh, at least emotionally, if not physically, or both, and uh, trying to find a sense of validation or worth through taking care of a sick kid. So they've got that there. So spotting the signs. So how do we die? So the one person that I know that was, and I don't even know that they were doing it, but it was, so it was a grandmother of a grandchild. And yeah. her thing was, if the baby is sick, it can't go home with mom and dad because I'm the one that can take care of him mm. because you guys need to work and you can't be getting sick. Yeah. So yeah. this kid is sick all the time. You know, when you're supposed to come pick up the baby or whatever, it was a crazy situation all the way around, but it was very much the, my thought though, is this kid was on antibiotics all the time. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, how are you convincing these doctors that this kid is sick all the time? That's pretty impressive. Because yeah, it was, and then once they got the baby away from, and this was well into like five, six, seven years old, once you got grandma out of the picture, this kid didn't have allergies. This kid was never sick, but you can't prove it. It was like, how could you prove that grandma was making him sick when she appears to be the most doting? What? You get rest. I'll take care of the sick baby. You can't right. possibly take him back home today. He's too yeah. sick. It's dark. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so we how see, we see the depth of what the human psyche is capable mm -hmm. of, you know, because yeah, yeah, it was just really... a control game with them. Like totally. I can, and it wasn't for attention. It was no. just, well, this, this time she just wanted the kid. Yeah. Just wanted the kid. And that was her way of kind of doing it. So when you're dealing with somebody with that, what type of treatment is it just, are we just going to talk well, about it? One is nice there... thing about, I don't have to deal with people like that. You just have the police do it. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a level of pathology that's pretty dark. Yeah. Cause there's no, I mean, that's, it is a crime there. Yeah. I mean, to, to work on things clinically, a person has to have a desire to get better. And my experience with folks in that situation is that recovery is relatively rare. You know, you're moving into a situation there where we're talking about, uh, criminal behavior, and generally speaking, it is uh, the person has decided to justify it in their mind. Mm -hmm. So the level of darkness there is pretty, pretty far beyond. Treatment of the kid is a different story, but treatment of the offending adult, generally speaking, is just done with criminal justice. And at the very least, um, at the very least, you know, loss of custody. Mm -hmm. And the kids, I could imagine, I mean, the person that's supposed to take care of you and all this time you thought you were sick and it's your mom yeah, or well, your... as a kid, you're programmable, you know, yeah. person. Because they can, they can convince a child that oh, they're sick, you, right? You Just... can convince a child almost anything. You know, you can convince a child all sorts of, lots mm -hmm. of really dark and awful things that you can convince a kid. Yeah. So kids believe we're, we're born uh, very much naive and mm -hmm. innocent and willing to take in whatever kind of programming that we want. Uh, that is that is that we want. No, that's not right at all. Willing to take in whatever programming shows up in our immediate environment. Our only priority as a, as a little one is to survive. And the best way to survive is to get these large people who seem to be able to procure the resources mm -hmm. you need to eat to like you and take good care of you and to be you know, on your team. So that means becoming whatever they tell you generally by action rather than mm -hmm. by word um, becoming whatever they tell you to be. 
So we'll fit in. If I'm born to a house of highly religious, devout people, I'll do that. If I'm born to a house of people who are, I, I, I got a buddy of mine who came out of a house where he was born into the Hells Angels gang. Well, his idea of right and wrong, his idea of what was appropriate turned out to be at odds with the culture once he got a little bit older. <laughs> yeah, he discovered different, right? he discovered that some of the things he'd been taught as a kid were not going to be very helpful to him, uh, particularly his habits with methamphetamine, I think, were problematic for him. And as he got sober, he found different tools and habits and, and processes. But as a kid, what year around, you know, um, it's pretty normal. And that's why everybody, all, almost all adults will tell you, I had a pretty good childhood because they actually were incredibly resilient mm -hmm. as children. And you don't need much to have a quote unquote, pretty good childhood. Yeah. You uh, survived, we're, right? We're pretty good at playing. Mm -hmm. You know, I went to Kenya a few months back, uh, was hanging out in an orphanage and those kids were happy, phenomenally happy. They were super excited. They didn't know they were in an orphanage. And if they, it would, not exactly true. They probably, oh, I can be popular, I'm telling you. They probably understood that they were around a bunch of other kids, but the idea that there was something other than an orphanage in the world was mm -hmm. relatively foreign to them. And they were all young, three, four, five, six years old, and they did what three, four, five, and six-year-olds do. They played. Mm -hmm. They had a great time. They're really enjoyable kids to be around. Actually, it was delightful. I follow a little group of kids. They're from Kenya, and they're on TikTok, and they do these dances, and they just play music, and they dance, and they learn little, you know, yeah. skits or dances and stuff. And the smiles on their faces are just, you know, yeah. they're just, this is their life. They don't know that there's Nintendo or there's, you know, TV or whatever, whatever they go through, but it's very, you know, you don't know if you've never had it, what you're missing. Right. So, hmm. but gosh, going to the other, like with Munchausen syndrome by proxy, <laughs> that's a whole mouthful. So it's just, well, that's, that's your life, right? You, right? You just run into adolescence and you figure mm -hmm. out something's amiss or some other adult notices like hey this is not this isn't right because again if you're if you're perpetrating a con like that with munchausen by proxy you really have to have access to the kid all the time because otherwise mm -hmm. somebody's going to figure it out particularly the older the child becomes and so sooner or later other people in the child's life will start to ask questions and that's usually when things unravel so that's the red flag right if you're know somebody who has a child that is ill, but they won't let somebody else take care of them or you need a break. Let me take care of the kid for a little while. Yeah. Odds are they're not going to let people in that inner circle to. Yeah. To although I will say it's a, it's a pretty rare thing. You know, I mean, this is, I, I would think I would so. Be, I would be pretty careful about sniffing it out in my environment very closely, although it does happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, interesting. Thank you for yeah, kind of talking today. about those. <laughs> I know I was just messing around and trying to find things that'll that'll be interesting. But you hear about it, but it's never, like you said, it's not one that's so predominant. You know, right. that's running Thank around. Heavens. Good it, lord! That it was just like, oh, let's let's check on this. And you always know everything. Uh, that's not actually true. Pretty much anything I come at you with, you're like, yeah, let's do it. Let's talk <laughs> about it. So thank you for always being a good sport and it'd sure, be awesome. it's fun. So if you are a person that, how do you seek help for that? If you've got Munchausen syndrome, so forget about the by proxy because we know that those people are not going to look for help. Sure, sure. But you've got Munchausen syndrome. What do you, like, what are those warning signs that are going to make me pick up the phone and go, you know what, this isn't right what I'm doing? 
Well, in most situations, um, a human being in that situation is going to decide that they don't particularly, uh, that it's not working for one reason or another. They usually be discovered or uncovered. And in that situation, you know, a qualified therapist is probably the best choice, the best move. Um, if I'm in relationship with someone who is exhibiting those symptoms, you know, usually what I want to do is is use the leverage I have. And if I'm a parent, then I have lots of leverage. Mm -hmm. If I'm a friend or a loved one, um, you know, generally the relationship is going to be the only leverage I have. Or if I'm supporting them in some way, I can say, well, get some help or hit the road. Yeah. And a lot of times that's enough. So it's usually going to be a friend or a spouse or a loved one that's going to recognize those symptoms in somebody else and seek help for them. Yeah, you'd want to look for a qualified help. clinician who um, utilizes a thing called dialectical behavioral therapy, aka DBT. And if you want to get real fancy, do treatment adherent DBT. That's a very particular form of DBT that's high intensity and very, very, very effective for things like this. Um, you know, the personality disorders that are underlying this material. So that's that would be my recommendation. Interesting. And you can help them find them or use something that you... That's maybe... a little outside my zone as far as the professional side of things goes. And it's outside what Granite does as well. Um, but a good Google search or getting on the Psychology Today profile and looking for... And again, it's important when you talk to the clinician to follow up and make sure that they didn't just check DBT and read a book about it uh, and check it on their profile or put it on their webpage but rather they have some formal training and you know, certification of some kind. Um, maybe they worked at a DBT adherent treatment center at some point and have some professional experience with it beyond just, I read a book. You're talking about some relatively, relatively acute mm -hmm. um, psychological issue and, and needs somebody who understands what they're doing. So do your research. You need a specialist. Get yourself a good specialist. Definitely. Well, thank you so much. As always, I'm Alicia, and this is Greg Struby with Power of the Mind and Granite Mountain Behavioral Healthcare. Have a good one. All right. We'll see you next time. For information about mental health and addiction treatment, you can reach out to Granite Mountain Behavioral Healthcare online at granitemountainbhc.com. That's granitemountainbhc.com. Or give us a call at 877-338-338. 6287. That's 877-338-6287. If you have a comment about this podcast or a question you'd like us to address in the podcast, you can check out the Contact Us page at my website, gregstruvy.com. That's G-R-E-G-S-T-R-U-V as in Victor, E as in Edward, dot com. This has been a Cast 11 production brought to you by Granite Mountain Behavioral Healthcare. This episode was produced by Austin Morrison. Follow Cast 11 on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Talking Glass Media.